Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 37. Today, Penny and I are going to talk with one of our favorite genealogical mystery authors, Nathan Dillon Goodwin. Uh, So Nathan is the author of the Forensic Genealogist series featuring Morton Ferrier. And Amy and I have read most of the books and talked about them on the podcast in the past, so you all might be familiar with that. He has a new one out, and we thought it was about time that we invited him on the podcast to talk about his books and his researching in England, because we are very fascinated (laughs) by everything that Morton does over there. Um, Nathan began writing um, in 2005, publishing the book Hastings at War, followed by three local history books. And then in 2013, he published Hiding the Past, which is his first in the Forensic Genealogy series. Seven novels followed this one, and his latest is a prequel to Hiding the Past, and it's called Asylum. And um, it's um, such a great book, too, and we'll talk more about that with him. Each novel in this series has Morton Ferrier on a genealogical case researching for a client and usually getting into some sort of nasty trouble. Um, The books go back and forth from what Morton is doing in the current time and the actual story happening in the past. So we can see what Morton puts together with documentation, but there are some other things that he cannot tell us with his research, and that's what we see in the story that he creates in the past. And this is kind of like what happens to all of us. We can only guess at what some of our ancestors' stories are as we do the research. It's true. We start imagining by looking at these documents what their lives were like. And in um, Nathan's books, he he has the genealogist and then he has that that story of the past as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's great. And my my favorites are still America Ground and uh, The Lost Ancestor. Those are my two favorites. Oh, that's interesting. Mine so. are the Spyglass. Mm, that's a good one. From file World War II. And the mm-hmm. Lost Ancestor. Yeah, Lost Ancestor. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Yeah. I liked America Ground because I learned something that I had never known about um, British history before. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's a good story. I feel like that about the Spyglass file. Yeah. I'll yeah. That, that was a good in one. History too. that I didn't know about. So Nathan has um, given us his favorite wine. Unfortunately, he can no longer find it in the UK, and we've poked around a little bit, and we haven't been able to locate it either, but we're going to put it out there. Maybe somebody can locate it, one of our listeners, and let us know where you found it. So it's um, Valdivieso from the Casablanca Valley of Chile. It's a Pinot Noir, 2013. It's... um, has a, a dried cherry and strawberry with hints of licorice and toasted oak. So I love Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. and Chile makes some good ones. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully we'll be able to find that one soon. Yeah. All good. right. So now let's start our chat with Nathan. Well, welcome to our podcast, Nathan. We are beyond excited that you're here because you are our number one favorite author for uh genealogical mysteries oh thank you it's very kind of you it's great to be here um so 
Uh, I had mentioned uh, in our intro that you were a history writer. You have four books on um, local history. And what was your transition, or when did you transition and why, from history writer to fiction writer? Um, so I, I used to do, uh, yeah, I did four books on um, the Hastings area, which is where I grew up. And so um, they were completely uh, factual books, and they were about the local area, and two of them focused on the Second World War. And um, I really loved writing them, but they were kind of uh, a, a sideline hobby to my full-time job, which was a uh, primary school teacher. And um, it was when I then went and did a master's degree in creative writing that I thought I could bring in three of my favourite things, uh, history and uh, genealogy and writing together, and um, and so I started with uh, the, what would become the first uh, Morton book, so Hiding the Past, and that was kind of the transition. It's part of this master's course, and I was writing it and really enjoying writing it, and um, my peers in the class were, were enjoying it and saying um, that it was kind of a niche, but it was um, a, a good niche, and it was a bit of a twist on the detective genre, and uh, that kind of encouraged me to keep going and, and finish finish Hiding in the past and that was the transition and had you been interested in genealogy um, particularly prior to that had you done research in your to your family yes that that really was what um that came first mm -hmm. so i've been doing my family i kind of started when i was about 12 and uh, i didn't have the foggiest what i was doing really um i was just forever writing out handwriting family trees and kind of uh, pestering my grandmother and my dad and various family members to kind of tell me what they could remember and but i didn't really being that age i didn't really know what the next step was but i was i was fairly savvy and uh, and kind of gathered together lots of family photographs and things and um i interviewed my great great aunt and she was born in uh, 1890 I can't remember 1898 something like that and I mm -hmm. interviewed her when she was in her 90s and so I got a lot of uh, her you know family very high up family information um, and uh, when she died actually I was at the at the funeral and kind of um, all of her belongings were out on the table because there was no family left and so any that other people didn't want I quite happily gathered it all up and, oh, right. um, and uh, yeah so that's that's where I started but I would say probably from 1998, I became more serious and kind of worked out <laughs> what I should be doing properly. Nice. Yeah. Well, that was a lucky find, getting all that. Yes, yes. All that. And, and very fortunate that you had the opportunity to, to, to interview her and, mm -hmm. and get those memories from her. So, yes, yeah, yes. what a treasure. That's awesome. That is. Um, so in your books, you've got Morton Ferrier, who is our forensic genealogist. And I, I love this character because he, he does have some flaws. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's always um, the story of his life going on in the books as well as mm. the story of uh, his case and then the backstory, which is, yes. I, I think, our favorite part is always having that backstory. Um, knowing what's going on, and and also that he doesn't, you you can see in his timeline that he doesn't really get the full story that we can see with the backstory. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of in trouble getting that out of my mouth. Okay, um, so Morton um, has a 
bulletin board or a whiteboard in his office that he um, puts his little post-its and all that kind of stuff on. And um, so can you, do you do that in your research as well? And do you use timelines? Um, I don't do, um, so down my, I've got a little cabin in the garden of my little writing cabin. So um, I've got a whiteboard down there. So I use the whiteboard and I do um, plot out my books on there, but I don't use it for my uh, my family history. My family history, I should do that because I've got boxes and files and clutter everywhere. And it's really disorganized and totally not uh, how Morton would do it at all. It's bad. Um, I, I, need, I need a wall like he has where it's all very methodical and timelines. Um, but I do do that with my writing. Yes, I am, I am kind of methodical there. And I use my whiteboard uh, on the wall to plot out the, the characters and the storylines and how it all connects. Um, and I definitely do have a timeline. I, I need a timeline because um, the books, uh, as you said, one part is set in the modern day with Morton researching a crime that's been committed in the past and he's got to use genealogy to do that um, and I really need um, in the past sections to make sure I've got all my dates correctly uh, lined up and when events happen so um, yeah I do I do use that system there. Your, um, your most recent one that's out um, Asylum which is a prequel to Hiding the Past Yes. That was so good and I, I've, I loved getting that backstory of um, Morton and Juliet and oh, thank um, you. how they came together and, and all that was really great. Uh, that was one that made me think of timelines for more than any of your other books. I, I really was trying to put a timeline together in what was happening, especially in that backstory. Uh, yes, not, not, I, not I had to have it, especially as there were um, things that were inaccurate uh, in the past section. So I had to make sure that I knew that they were inaccurate and the order that they should be going in. It was a, it was a little bit complicated, but I, I think I got there. Yeah, I, I think you did too. But that, that was the first thing I thought of was, oh, timeline. I wonder if we used a timeline in this. <laughs> that would have been helpful. Um, let's see. Um, okay, so your novels deal with different time periods and events in history, and my favorites are The Lost Ancestor, which is sort of an upstairs-downstairs mm -hmm. story, and yes. The Spyglass File, which involves the WAAF, which I didn't know anything about, so I learned something new. That was awesome, and Amy's favorites. I, I, I also like The Lost Ancestor and America Ground because I had never heard of America Ground before, so I learned um, quite a bit about British history, that that little piece of British history that I, I knew nothing about, that America Ground. Yeah, so. we love those. So my question is, is, do you have a favorite time period that you like to write about? Um, I think my favourite time period I like to write about it probably is the Second World War. So Spyglass File is probably one of my one of my favourites um, of the books as well. For that reason, I, d I don't really understand why I I really enjoy that period. I think it's perhaps because it's such um, a, a shocking piece of history that's fairly in recent memory. You know, you can speak to still quite a few people who lived through that and experienced it. And um, I, I learned a lot when I was doing my uh, non-fiction 
books on Hastings in the Second World War and what life was like. Because Hastings is um, on the uh, Sussex coast, and so it's you know like not very far, it's like 20, 30 miles from France, and so it did suffer in the Second World War, and same as Kent did. Um, and I think I was just really intrigued that these places where I lived and live um, suffered like that, and and that, that kind of I, I really enjoyed writing about the uh, that pe- time period, but. I, I think my very close second to that would be um, the America Ground and the Wicked Trade time period. So uh, 1820s, Kent and Sussex. And I just, I just love, I mean, like you say about the America Ground, I mean, I, I lived in Hastings and I hadn't heard of the America Ground, which is uh, off of, you know, it's a part of Hastings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just found it so fascinating. It's one of those um, occasions where the, the truth is just, you know, it, it unbelievably more... Um, what's the word, than fiction, you know, it's more unbelievable than the fiction, and uh, I couldn't have made it up, you know, that these people in the 1820s raised the American flag and said that they were the 25th American state Mm -hmm. and that they didn't have to pay taxes because this portion of land had been um, reclaimed from the sea, and uh, I just thought this is amazing and I need to use the factual parts of, of the story and then drop in a, a fictional a fictional element to it mm-hmm. um, and I love the the accent at the time as well it's just so not like the accent that is spoken in Kent and Sussex nowadays it's more like modern day Cornwall or West West Sussex um, West um, counties mm-hmm. so it's just yeah I, I love those two periods best awesome um, and you're I know you do a lot of research obviously for for your books and when they go in and do you do you use some of your family history in the books as well? Yes, I, I have done, and I think the closest that um, it's come to is, is the Spyglass file. It's, mm-hmm. That was very loosely, the kind of the, very loosely based on. Um, in the Second World War, my grandmother uh, gave birth to a, a, a daughter, um, an illegitimate daughter, because my grandfather was a prisoner of war at the time, and um, and she had this daughter uh, put up for adoption, and nobody in the family knew um, about it at all until 2015, when um, uh, she kind of she got in touch and uh, she's been welcomed into the family, and um, I just thought. It'd be that was basically the basis of the spyglass file was um, somebody, a woman um, who had a child um, mm-hmm. uh, in the Second World War and kind of had to give them up for adoption. And then Morton needs to research uh, the the ins and outs of, of this case. So that's kind of the closest it's come to to my my family history. Yeah, but it's not. Unfortunately, I don't have all the um, the murders and <laughs> all that kind of thing going on that I'm aware of, at least. Yeah, that's lucky you. <laughs> Um, Okay, so when you are... I'm trying to think of how I want to say this question. um, When you're doing the books, Morton is in the archives a lot. He's, you know, Mm. lovely people that work there. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly. (laughs) Um, Is that based on your trips to the archives and I, I know that there's a lot of documents in your in your stories that uh, I'm, I'm guessing are documents you found while doing this research is that yes yeah okay. I do basically I, I, it really is important to me that the um, the genealogical aspects are correct and real and people can identify genealogists and family historians can identify with what um, he's finding and what he's doing um, there are some other genealogical uh, mystery books that don't um, 
date their books but i'm very keen to say this happened in 2015 this happened in 2018 because it's such a fast moving um world you know with dna changes constantly um so i do say this is which year it's set in um and basically the the process that morton goes through to uh, find things in the past and using genealogical records they're all um they're all the real places you would go to to find them and for the most part, I try and actually use real documents, but with a fictional content. So that then ties into the, the fictional elements. So the people, for example, um, they're not usually they're not usually real. I do have some real people in in, in the historical parts, but yeah, the, the records. It's very important to me to get those correct. So if he goes to a library, if he goes to an archive, if he goes to a museum, um, then the re- records that he calls up they that's usually uh, completely accurate and correct and i think you're very successful at that as a professional genealogist as i'm reading your books i'm thinking okay well you know what documents would i be looking for next and those are the ones yeah. that morton goes you know and 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 gets so i'm yeah definitely right there i feel like with morton and he's thinking like i'm thinking and and to solve um, oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I think yeah. it's very successful. So, and I enjoy that that part a lot. Mm-hmm. I I know it's. It, I, I think some people could think that would be tedious, but I think for genealogists, we're like, what is he going to find in this file? They're bringing him a file. Yeah. What's going to mm-hmm. be in the file? And we've all had yeah. that excitement of, oh my gosh, here's this file. Yes. What's going to be in here as you yeah. open it up? Yeah. So. And I love yeah. how you kind of postpone that a little bit. Like he'll be spending all this time and still can't find it, but there's one more thing that he'll come to next yes. tomorrow <laughs> or something, which is true, which is the way... You know, it real is, life yes, operates yes. for yeah. sure. And I and I get I hear from people as well that actually say um, they like, read the book, enjoyed the book, enjoyed the story, but actually they've um, learned some new records of places to search and things, and that, that has actually you know proved fruitful. They've looked looked at these records in, in, for their families, and it's um it's come up with uh, information for them. So that's great. Um, one thing that Morton uh, does is he orders a lot of documents and they come like the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super quick. And Amy and I have always commented like, that can't be true. We never get anything that fast. <laughs> but is it is it true? <laughs> so for the most part, yes. I mean, he, um, he always orders uh, birth, marriage and death certificates um, on the next day, 24-hour <laughs> service, which you can do, and you pay about 20-something pounds. I, I have to say, I don't know of anybody that uses that service because it's so uh, expensive. Uh. Um, but you can, you can do that, and you would get the certificate the next day. Um, uh, the only, um, for the most part, yeah, the records, that uh, they are, they're all... Um, they come as in the time frame that I say they do. The only thing I do speed up is um, when he orders government wills um, from the government website. That can be anything from two days to ten days in, in reality, whereas Morton is just very lucky. They're always a day or two, and he's got them. So. But uh, for the most part, though, it's right. <laughs> well, and, and I thought in the um, in the spyglass file that that ancestry DNA was turned around pretty fast. <laughs> oh yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> he was lucky. He was lucky. They, they, right? had, a, they had a quiet moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah, that was like what two two day two day turnaround yeah, or something like, like that. Where is that happening here? It's yeah. not happening. <laughs> Um, okay, another. Um, I'm curious to know. You've got a new book series out with um, Mrs. McDougal Investigates series, yes. and the first book is Ghost Swifts 
Blue Poppies and the Red Star. So can you tell us a little bit about this book and this new series? Yeah, so um, so this series is historical fiction, and um, but it's kind of inspired by uh, somebody in my... Well, the person, the, the main protagonist, is Harriet Agnes MacDougall. Um, the story is fictional, but I've based a lot of it on um, true facts. So Harriet MacDougall is, was my, uh, let me get this right, she was my first cousin, four times removed, so uh, not somebody I, I obviously knew. Um, and um, she was, uh, she lived in a little village called Seddlescombe in East Sussex. And um, the story basically is set the, the very first uh, prologue uh, to the story is set on the day of the um, armistice in uh, November 1918. And the story then follows um, Harriet as she goes to find uh, what happened to one of her children who died in the First World War. So one of her sons. She had three sons and um, unfortunately two of them died in the First World War. And that, they, that's fact. Mm -hmm. um, and so this story, though, is the fictional what happened. So how she went out to um, Ypres in Belgium and to discover actually what happened to her son and to visit his grave. And um, there's a few mysteries and things along the way which are, are fictional, but I've tried to keep the actual, um, the real facts of the matter, how old she was and where she was living and uh, her other son, and tried to keep that um, uh, factual. Yeah. Oh, this sounds exciting. I'm... I'm... I'm looking forward to reading it. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but um, it's on my list for sure. I think it's it's a really cool that you can again bring in your actual rel an actual relative, you know, an ancestor yes. in some way, and then create this um, historical fiction around that. That's yeah. amazing. Kind of bring them back yeah, to life a little it's bit. It's really, really good. I, I, I like the fact that I can do that, and I think her story, you know, even though I fictionalise it, I think it's a, it's really, um, it's really important story, and it's a, it's a lot of material there. And, um, and in, in fact, the person who um, designs all my book covers, Patrick Dengate, mm -hmm. um, he's also related to uh, to Harriet McDougall, oh. so it's uh, that's quite nice too. Oh, really? That's that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Keeping it all in the family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, is there going to be, um, do you have a book on the horizon, another Morton Farrier? Yes, yeah, so um, I'm just currently working on promoting uh, The Asylum, which, is, as you said, is the prequel to Hide in the Past. So if people haven't started the Morton series, um, that's there's a, a link on my website which is available, um, so the, the story is downloadable for free. Um, and so I'm working on promoting that at the moment. But the next book I'm about to start any moment will be the next uh, Morton Farrier full length novel following on from uh, The Wicked Trade. So okay. that should be out uh, hopefully later this year. Excellent, excellent. Yes. Great. And can, do we know what time period it's going to be set in? Can you tell us that? Oh, can I tell you that? Um, it's going to be probably around the 1950s, 1960s. Ooh. That's a bit of an exclusive there. Nobody, nobody knows this fact. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Interesting. Very yeah. cool. All right. Yes, yeah, so I've been I've been to the National Archives already and um, done a couple of days research and the London Metropolitan Archives and started uh, doing the research. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting into the actual writing of it now. Um, I know I've been following you on Instagram and I've seen your posts where you're out in front of these various places you've mentioned getting ready to research and and whatnot. Yeah, so I love that. I love that little. 
Yeah, I like to just, you know, keep people up to date of right, what I'm up right. to. Right, doing, doing a great yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. Penny or so, social media savvy. No, certainly not. <laughs> I don't even have an Instagram account, so. Oh, dear, you're, you're missing out on I, all, uh, all, all my adventures. I, I, I think I will get an Instagram account just so I can follow you, Nathan. That's what yeah, I do. You should. You're, right. you're, it'll be worth it, I can promise you. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Nathan, it's been such a pleasure to have you um, on our uh, podcast today. And, um, you know, Penny said we are just huge fans and we loved all of the books. And so to have have you on here and get to chat with you, it's just been amazing. Yeah, it's lovely to chat with you too. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. For more information on Nathan's latest novella, The Asylum, and for all his books, we will have a link on our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com. And uh, we'll also have links uh, to his books on Amazon as well. And until next time, cheers. cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly. And never drink around genealogical documents.